What's up, y'all? She from Legacy Hustle here. I have a little request of you. If you truly appreciate what we're trying to do here and you enjoy the show, the sharing, the transparency, and the insights, as well as the inspiration we bring you with each and every episode, I need you to help us out as well by supporting. Go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, follow, and review as we work to get the word out to more people about the show. Also, please consider sharing the show with your entire network. Thank you. Enjoy the show. What's up, y'all? This is Legacy Hustle, a show that will highlight and amplify the stories of black entrepreneurs and the products and services that they are providing that are impacting preceding generations, future generations, or cross-generationally. These were legacy not only to describe the solutions created, but to also acknowledge the guest's impact on their own family or personal circles through wealth generation and creation. The show will explore what their business is, how they got it off the ground, and the trials or tribulations experienced on their legacy hustle journey. In an effort to both inspire and educate you, our listeners, who are referred to as our legacy hustlers. I'm Sheed, I'll be your host, and in this episode, we'll be talking to Ernice Williams about her business, Your Nurse Lawyer. Ernice uses her experience and training and change management skills to develop cost-effective plans of action for her clients. She works with healthcare organizations and service-based organizations struggling to become sustainable or profitable. She identifies the key issues and uses change management processes to build a strategic plan that will help her clients to go from struggle to stride and become sustainable and profitable in their business. Ernice uses this process to also address implicit bias, diversity, equity, and inclusion in planned structural or cultural changes that may also impact large amounts of people within the organization. As a graduate of Howard University and the Howard University School of Law, Ernice serves as an architect of social change for both the clients she does um, or helps in her private practice and her organizational training. Ernice hopes to empower more people and organizations to embrace change and use it as a tool to become more effective and efficient. She currently resides in College Park, Maryland with her husband and two sons, and she absolutely enjoys traveling and reading business development books that help spark new ideas for her clients. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. Ernice, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really excited to have you here to talk a little bit about your nurse lawyer and all the amazing things that you do. So please tell people a little bit about nurse lawyer. Yes. So I'm Ernice. I've been a nurse for 13 going on 14 years. I've been a lawyer for seven going on eight years. And I essentially have built this platform, bringing both my nursing experience and my legal experience together to educate and empower both healthcare workers um, and patients, essentially, to help them understand the intersection of what I call health and the law. So there's so much that goes on on both the healthcare side and the legal side, and it's very confusing and overwhelming. And one of the things I did as a nurse was that I'm, I was always able to relate to patients and break things down so that they could really understand it. And then just I just decided to take that to a greater platform. So. I launched a practice in 2017. I kind of did some of the work, but I wasn't really happy with what I was doing. So I kept 
just working in state and nursing. And then in 2021, I feel like the pandemic shook a lot of us up and we kind of got moving towards what we really wanted to do. And that ended up being for me, opening up my law practice again, relaunching it, focusing on nurses and nurse practitioners, opening up businesses and things quickly took off um, in January of 2021. And so this last year plus has been an amazing experience lots of growth, lots of challenges, but it really has shown me that if there's something that you're really passionate about, go for it because people are definitely waiting for you. And so the motivating factor for you, the thing that drove you, that made you say, I want to be able to connect these dots and, you know, the pivot, where did that come from? Yeah. So I, growing up, I always knew I wanted to be a nurse or definitely work in healthcare. And that was just what I was passionate about. But getting into healthcare, I quickly realized that it's only so much you can do once the patient is in front of you. Like you're, you've already been sick. You've already been traumatized. You've already dealt with so much and there's so much work to do before that even happens. And so I wanted to get into policy but policy can be very narrow and they just pigeonhole you and it doesn't necessarily allow you to build your own thing. You kind of have to work under all of these other organizations to create that policy. And so I thought like, okay, I'll take my nursing experience and I'll become a lawyer. And in that, I will still be able to do policy if I wanted to. I could litigate if I wanted to. It just gave me a lot of different options. And then going into law school, you're exposed to criminal law, housing law, all these other injustices. And all of a sudden you realize how interconnected all of the things that we do. And if we don't have housing, if we don't have healthcare, um, if we don't have weight, like proper wages and wage transparency, that people are restricted from growth and that impacts their health. And then that essentially could even put them in the legal system. So it was like a small dream of me, mine, just to grow up and be in this space. And then I suddenly got exposed to so many more things living in D.C. and working in D.C. I love it. I love it. Now, with your business, you spoke about the ability to lean in with nurses that are trying to develop and build their own businesses. Mm-hmm. How do you get connected with with that demographic and market? So I always had a business um, social media profile, but I never used it. And most of the people who were following me were like nurses or lawyers who I knew. But I knew that I needed to connect with people who were in the industry, right, in healthcare, and were influencers or just had a stronger or bigger platform than I did. And so when I rejoined Instagram and started activating my account and getting back active on social as a business owner, I just partnered with people who were already doing the work. And out of that, I ended up getting a lot of friends and really a big business healthcare community. And they essentially helped plug me into the people who were already looking for someone like me. I think that was kind of the challenge was like, I know that there are people out there, but I just don't know where they are. And so I just started showing up in other people's spaces. And then that is what allowed me to kind of build my own platform. Got it. So leveraging your networks, being able to attend different events or, or activities that were taking place and just networking. And as you engage with them, can you help the audience understand what are some of the uh, different services that your, your firm provides helping people on that journey to establish and build their business? Yeah, I, I've, every time I talk about it, it's so funny because when I first started, I had all of these different options, all of these different plans. And, you know, as you build and grow any business, you figure out what people really need. And so now I'm really strictly focusing on people who are in the business and essentially are opening up wellness 
aesthetics, IV hydration, med spas, or even primary care practices or staffing agencies and all of the tools and resources that they need. So I created something called the Healthcare Business Starter Kit. And in that, it has what I call the five elements of compliance, job descriptions, it has an onboarding checklist, it has policies and procedures, contract templates, and then it has a lot of information of things that we don't talk about, which is data privacy. And that is essentially trying to protect my healthcare business owners from HIPAA violations, which could impact their business heavily. I also do... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You also do. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, I also do like business consultations and business audits for established business owners. And then I am now running a business boot camp because so many people have the skills of nursing or healthcare, but they don't have the, the idea of how to run a business or develop a business or they can start the business, but they don't know what to do. And so now I'm also running a boot camp three times a year to help business owners really understand it all. Love it. So as you're hearing from her niece, you know, she's broken down the different areas that she really focuses in on uh, in terms of helping individuals establish their business. I'll make certain that I have those in the show notes so that you can go back. And if you have an interest or passion in establishing a business in one of those veins, definitely make certain you get connected with our niece. Um, absolutely great skill sets that she's speaking about, um, sort of imbuking upon people and helping them learn and grow. Uh, so definitely something you want to lean into. What is one really exciting thing about your business today? Yeah, so I think the most exciting thing is that I am kind of on the cusp of really serving as a um, subject matter expert for this area. There are not a lot of nurses who are lawyers overall, and there are not a lot of nurses who are lawyers who really understand this business because wellness and beauty is really a gray area in many states and the regulations can be very frustrating because they are so gray. And so many people stray away from that because lawyers want to give you a firm answer, a yes or a no. And so I'm kind of teaching and building and helping create a system of, we don't know perfectly, like, yes, if it's a yes or a no, but these are the risks and this is how we mitigate the risk. And so I am now partnering with um, aesthetic business owners and aesthetic communities and EMR systems and all of these different groups of people who all have the same interest and in serving as their subject matter expert. And so it has been a journey of trying to put myself in the right place and find myself in the right rooms and build those um, connections and relationships. And now people are like, I've never heard of you. I've been looking for someone like you and this is perfect for us. And so that is probably going to really push my business to a whole nother level this year. And I bet that feels really good, right? Because you had this vision for your business that you wanted to stand up. And initially, it, it felt like it wasn't clicking. And then you began to pivot. And now you're getting these affirmations back. I know that feels amazing. Mm -hmm. it, let me ask you, you know, you spoke about establishing it and then it growing and pivoting over time. Where did you get the money to establish it in the first place? Yeah, so I worked as a manager at a federally qualified healthcare center. So that is like um, a clinic that serves marginalized communities and people who don't have insurance and immigrants. Didn't make a lot of money. Um, and I lived in New York City. So I was like, there's no way that I can start a business, invest in a business off of what I'm making and what I'm doing. And so that's why I know it's scary to say that the pandemic was a blessing. But for me, it really was because not only did it wake me up, it gave me an opportunity to become a travel nurse and make a lot of money. So I quit my job less than two weeks notice for the first time in my life. I was like, I'm leaving in a week and a half. I'm not sure what y'all are going to do, but I'm gone. Um, picked up a contract. So at that time, they were offering like making 
five to ten thousand dollars a week. And so I did that. But things like in New York, things were crazy and then it quickly died down. And so I end up getting my contract canceled. So of course now I've left my job. <laughs> I'm starting this like to invest in this business and I don't have any money now because I don't have any income. So I just pick up another assignment. It was still making good money. Um, and the pandemic was a little bit more under control, but then it picked back up in the fall of 2020 and going into 2021. So I picked up a contract away from home, which would give me more money, more opportunity. And I used money from that contract to invest in the business. And then my grandmother was got a settlement that she's been waiting on forever. And she gave like everyone in the family, like $5,000. And she was like, this is for your kids. I was like, nah, I need this for my business. Like, and so <laughs> I was like, I'll give the kids the profits when I make it work. So I took yeah. that 5000 and I invested that into the business. And that's how I created my first digital product. Um, and then actually, I recently went to her like five months ago. And I was like, I need more money to invest in my business to do all of my trademarks. My business is going to take off. And she was like, OK. And so her and I were just talking. I was like, six months is almost coming up. I'm going to have your money for you. I'm going to pay you back. And she was like, I know. It's fine. So, you know, honestly, I never thought that I would have. I've never had a family member who was able to invest in me as that much money. Like my grandparents helped me through college and all of those kind of things. But I've always worked two jobs. I've always hustled to do what I need to do. So being able to make that phone call was huge. But I think the bigger thing was like, she believed in me. She was like, I'm going to give you this money because I know you're going to make it work. Like you've never failed me. And that to me really reminded me of like the dream, the vision, the hustle, the work, like late nights, early mornings. It doesn't matter. Someone's out there believing in you. So you got to make it work. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and so what you're hearing from her niece is, right, she was able to lean in with um, friends and family money, as well as being able to effectively make some pointed decisions on how she was going to navigate and move. And you heard her. She spoke very briefly about her children. Uh, so she has kids. And so the idea of traveling, right, what a huge sacrifice in terms of time being away from family and, and needing to um, figure out how you're going to effectively hustle for your legacy, right? And so um, I, I thank you for your transparency and sharing that. The There was another thing that I wanted to focus in a bit on in what you were just talking about. You quickly touched upon it, but then kind of kept going. Trademark. We have not spoken about um, the importance of trademarking in the show yet. And so I would love if you could take a moment just saying why that was such a critically important thing for you that you specifically went back to her and said, hey, I, I know you've been helping. Um, I want to be able to do this. Why was that so critically important for you in establishing your business? Yeah. So I think one of the things that we as people of color, definitely black people, that we build amazing things, but we don't put in the tools to protect them. So you can create an amazing album, but if you don't own any parts of the album, you're just creating it, but you haven't trademarked, you haven't copyrighted the lyrics, you haven't done all of those things. Someone could essentially take the rug from up under you trademark it themselves and then sell and make money off of your create, creative product or whatever you created. And so for me, I understood that the more exposure that you get, the bigger you grow, people are going to try to come after you in different ways. And it may not be someone who you know, it could essentially be a stranger on the internet who just sees your success. They will search to see if you have a trademark. And if you don't, they will file a trademark. And then you'll end up in federal court trying to fight over something that is yours. You'll end up spending thousands of dollars against someone who you may not even know as you're trying to build your business, which most people don't have time to do. And so the 
protections of building your business, of course, is like establishing your business, you know, your business insurance, all of those things. But the trademarks and the copyrights, that's next level. And that's something that not enough of us are doing. And that's how we end up losing our legacy. And that's how we end up really essentially losing the future wealth that we could potentially pass on to our family and to our kids. Yeah. Such important nuggets of wisdom that she's dropping right now. The the one thing that I constantly hear from people that I talk to about this path is um, sometimes it's really confusing or it's very expensive. And so is that why it was so important for you to make certain you had some funding so you could hire a lawyer to help you with the process? Talk a little bit about that experience as well, because I know that's a barrier for a lot of people. Yeah, I definitely think the cost is underestimated. You know, I knew the initial cost of starting the business and a lot of it, of course, I could do myself. And I knew that trademarks would cost, but I didn't understand how intricate, like it's more complicated than just filing a piece of paperwork. It's uh, categories and levels and usage and denials and going back and forth with the trademark office. And so I do think that people underestimate the cost, but the long-term cost of having to fight a lawsuit or to go into federal court and try to reclaim your trademark from someone else who already filed is just not worth it to me. And so I understood that growth comes with, you know, more attention and more attention comes with potential exposure. And that's a risk that I wasn't willing to take. And so, you know, going to her and asking her for additional money to specifically do that task, like I was able, I had money to run the business. I just didn't have money to do additional things. So I could make payroll. I could pay for all of my operational costs, but this was an additional cost. And so, um, yes, it was super important to me because I knew that if I lost this, then I could potentially lose everything that I had worked for. Understood. All right. So you spoke about some of the different challenges in response to some of the questions um, Mm -hmm. that that I've asked thus far. Tell us about the biggest challenge that you believe you had to overcome up to this point in time. So I always tell people as much as I am an extrovert, I also lack a lot of confidence. And I know it's growing up, I wasn't always super confident, but then in school, nursing school is very hard and you're competing with very smart people and even the smart people struggle. And then to get into the career, it's the same thing. People are just trying to put you in a box, make you fit into their idea of what a nurse is and what you should be doing and what your ideals should be. And then to turn around and go to law school and experience the same thing in school, getting out of school and also getting into the profession, I was just beat down. And so for me, the biggest challenge was being confident in my skills, being confident in the resources that I had available to me and being confident that I could actually serve and bring value to people that would then in turn have them pay me. Like it's a fear to be like, give me your money. I can do this for you. Like When you're selling a product, it's one thing because people are going to get what they want immediately or what they need. But when you're offering a service, you really have to be very clear about what that value add is. Because if not, people then feel cheated. And that is something that I hate. That is just not a feeling that I'm comfortable with. And so I am, and in some ways I was overcompensating for the fact that I was a new business owner and a new full-time lawyer and a new this and a new that. And I slowly had to remind myself, like, I went to school for this. <laughs> I've been a professional for a very long time. I am what my friend says, resource rich. Like if I need something, I can pick up the phone. I can call my mentor. I can call other attorneys. And so once I got out of the, the 
headspace of I'm new and I'm, you know, struggling. And then I started to see what other people are charging who are doing less and don't have any education or experience. And I was like, okay, girl, let it go. Sit in your, sit in your position, sit in your place and do your thing. Because if not, you'll be undercharging and over, you know, offering so much value and then you'll never see the return. Oh, oh, such gems just dropped. Right. So speaking about um, pushing through, right. And just building that confidence up. Mm-hmm. And so being able to um, look around, see what else is going on, reinforce with yourself that you are able to do what it is that you're doing. You have the credentials, you have the experience, whatever it may be, right? And then the ability to also have this, you're resource rich. Even if things aren't flowing in terms of money, you might have a lot of contacts, you might have really good knowledge in terms of the space, lean into those elements that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have and focus a little bit less on what you don't have in terms of being able to really amplify your strengths and not your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So Ernest, thank you so much for breaking it down like that. That was absolutely phenomenal. You spoke about um, initially, as you were thinking about raising funds for your business, uh, traveling um, and effectively working as a traveling nurse. Uh, And so in terms of sacrifice that immediately brought to mind being away from family, are there any other sacrifices that you've had to make while having this business? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with like the social time. So, I mean, it's COVID. So, of course, people aren't going out as much. But when you are a business owner and you're trying to generate revenue, you can't really enjoy anything else. Everyone else is going to the movies or going to concerts or going out or going just even going out to eat. And I'm like, no, I have to work. Um, and so I feel like I have sacrificed a lot of time spent, even with my family in my home, where I'm like, I'm in my office, I'm working, I'm building, I'm creating something because I know that. I knew that at the end of this, or I would eventually start to see the return on investment. And so I feel like over the last year or maybe a year and a half, I've lost a lot of friends, very mm. like my closest best friends from college. Um, and I can't really say if it was COVID, if it was the business, if it was my energy, it could have be so many things. But when I look back, like I think I lost like four friends in a very short period of time. And I had to kind of find new friends, new relationships, new opportunities. And I think that was really hard in the beginning. It was like, wow, like I'm really must be going into a new place because I had to let go of so many people. Hmm. Um, I think that you don't get to rest and relax the same. So when you know you have to go to work, you go to bed, you're getting up to go somewhere, you're going to get a paycheck. When you don't know if you are going to be generating revenue tomorrow, even if you have digital products, even if you have opportunities or prospects, it doesn't matter until that money is in the bank and you have enough money in the bank for months on end. It is very difficult to rest. And so I felt like for probably up until December of 2021, I didn't sleep from and that's from like September of 2020. So like Mm. for a year and a half, even when I would go to bed, I wasn't necessarily resting because I'm always thinking about what's next and your mind is just going running so um i think that was something that i really had to sacrifice and i had to really sacrifice my comfort i'm so uncomfortable consistently and i hate being uncomfortable i literally have created a life so that i could be comfortable and to be forced to face yourself every single day your insecurities your challenges it is what pushed me to go to therapy as a business owner not just as a mom or a wife or you know a family member but as a business owner because you will play some um, like in your mind your mind will play tricks on you 
where you will then tell yourself you're not worthy, you don't deserve this, this isn't, you're not doing good enough, and you don't have the validation of a manager or um, your boss to tell you that you're doing a good job. And so you have no one to talk to about those things, even if you have people in your family who may understand. And so therapy was one of the things that I had to like do to help keep me comfortable enough to keep going, but also push me out of my comfort zone consistently so that I can keep progressing in the business. Mm. It's so powerful that you share that, Ernest. And, and for our legacy hustlers tuning in, this is a common theme that you're hearing from a lot of our entrepreneurs at this point in time, right? It's the ability to recognize that sometimes you need to sit down and be able to talk to someone about what's going on. And mm-hmm. so trained professionals who can help you kind of work through um, whatever's going on in your mind, in your heart, et cetera, um, are critically important to your success as well. So please do not shy away from that. Um, thank you. Right. You, you just shared a lot even beyond that, talking about um, seasons of friends. Right. You may um, have gotten up to a certain point and you have a certain group of people around you. Um, and, and that's your 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 community. And then things begin to transform as your priorities shift, as you look at what you're trying to do with your business mm-hmm. in terms of being able to establish that legacy and what you're trying to do for your family. And you need to make some decisions on how things are going to continue progressing. And sometimes the friends and the community you have at that time may not fully embrace your vision and what you're trying to do. And so you heard her sharing um, so transparently how it created tension within her friend groups and she's had to form new friends over time and that's okay too um and so ernice you know you just shared a lot of gems really appreciate it one of the things that you lightly touched upon um was revenue during the course of that and just your concern about being able to um, ensure you're constantly generating it did you want to share a little bit about how much money um to date your business has made uh versus you know that first year um, when it wasn't clicking as much as you thought it was? Yeah, so I relaunched my practice in the fall of 2020, and I probably, I didn't make anything because all of what I made was pretty much reinvested back into the business, into the systems, websites, all of that. Um, and then January of 2021, my goal was to make $60,000 and because I was still working, and I'm like, okay, if I can make 60000 in my business, then eventually I could eventually leave. Um, last year I made around 264. I'm still waiting for my accountant to come back, but like $264,000. And it oh, sounds hey. like, oh, a lot. like so when people are like, I want to make six figures. I'm like, no, you got to make more because once you do payroll and operations and taxes, um, and even, you know, I do profits first, which allows you to do like a profit, you know, put, you pay out every quarter it's still a, not a lot of money. And you still, yeah. if you're building and growing, so much still goes back into the business. And so my goal this year is to make a million. That's like my stretch goal. Um, my floor goal is 500,000. And in getting there, I know that it's possible. But even with that, even though it sounds like so much, it's still so much that goes out the door, just trying to make that happen through marketing, advertising, you know, traveling, all of those things. So yeah, hopefully by the next time we chat, I'll have a seven-figure business and can talk about how to I do that. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Set that goal. Something really important to what you heard her niece saying, right? She has that stretch goal and then she has that floor goal, right? So being able to establish in your mind where you um, really just your dream goal and something that it stretches you just a bit 
as well as what you think is realistic. And, and hopefully you're you're hitting your star, you know, what you want to achieve out the you know moon, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. Um, but you want to have that that range and grace for you to land between. All right. And so thank you again for being super transparent. We're going to pivot now into what I call the five minute hustle. It gives us an opportunity to share with our legacy hustlers some of the different tools, resources, um, variety of things that you use to help motivate, drive, enable you to do what you do so that they could use it in their businesses as well. So first thing, what initially held you back from being an entrepreneur? Um, I think definitely confidence. I didn't feel that people were going to pay me and that people were going to believe in me um, because I never, I had never practiced as an attorney full time after graduating from law school. Um, and so I had put that fake <laughs> um, barrier in front of me and that wasn't true. Mm. And, and she spoke a little bit about how she overcame that as well. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Don't build the business before you have the people to pay you, right? So like build what people are paying you to build. So my mentor, and I'm like, I'm going to create all of these things. He was like, no, if no one's paying you to create that, don't create it. So it's a hard, tough lesson because you feel like, no, I need to build it before they come. But when you're new, you just don't know what people need. And if I would have built something originally, it does not and would not look like what I have now. And so when I brought on 20 new clients at one time, everyone had all of these different issues and I, it just took a lot of work to kind of serve their needs and then systemize it. Mm. Mm. So you heard her. It's important to understand what your customers, your clients, whomever it is you're engaging truly need, right? You may have an idea of a direction that you want to go into, um, but don't finalize and build everything to, you know, the finite detail until you've engaged that population to truly understand their needs uh, so that you're not wasting your time or spinning your wheels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely powerful. What's a business book, magazine, podcast, any other resource that you would recommend to legacy hustlers that fills your cup on whatever regular cadence? The one page marketing plan. It is the one book that I tell every single one of my clients to read. It also comes with a free download of a one-page marketing plan, and it is absolutely amazing. I think sometimes we can get stuck in this digital world. Like The only way we can market is social and digital marketing, but that's not true. And I love that he talks about traditional ways of marketing and how you can advance your business that way. So. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out personally, just as I think about amplifying um, the podcast. You know, I've really been leaning in on social media a bit, but if there's other things, I'm definitely tapping into that (laughs) myself. Uh, What would you say is a favorite online tool, application or Internet resource that you never knew about before you started your business that now it's like, I don't know how it functioned without this? It's definitely Canva. (laughs) I feel like I live my life in Canva. From recording presentations to creating presentations to graphics to any and everything, um, it is the go-to. So if I'm looking for something, even if I'm looking for just something random to post, like a graphic, it's gonna I'm gonna find it in Canva. Oh, really, really appreciate you taking us on that journey, and I'll make certain that every single thing that um, Ernest has shared in this five minute hustles in our show notes as well. So be sure to check that out so you can uh, see links that will take you directly to those locations. 
Ernice, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Um, just your transparency, your ability to um, just kind of open the doors fully to us to understand what it took to establish your business, what your business does, some of the trials and tribulations that you faced, even sharing, you know, the financials um, of your firm. Truly, truly appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to leave our legacy hustlers with before you go? Yeah, I just remind people that you can work and build a business that you don't have to build a business full time. Um, that I would like building my business while I was working gave me the confidence to leave my job and make me feel comfortable. But I'm not, you know, above going back to work if I have to. And so I think sometimes we get stuck in this. I'm an entrepreneur. I can't do anything else but be an entrepreneur. And that is not true. Sometimes you can either, you know, work part time or even full time and use that money to continue to fund your dreams. But don't stop working on your dreams. I, that is one of the mistakes I wish I um, had it made is because it put me behind. You know, you're never behind. You're where you're supposed to be. But if I had taken the money from my job and continued to build the business, I would be further. And I want that for those who still want that for themselves. Mm. Mm. Powerful. Again, thank you so much for being here on Legacy Hustle. Mm. Thank you. What's up, Legacy Hustlers? I hope your cup is overflowing with inspiration, motivation, and knowledge after listening to our guests today. And if it was, don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, comment, and share with your friends so we can continue to grow the base of listeners. Shout outs to Chris from Sideline Records for always producing an amazing episode. Jonathan Leonard, we see you. Thank you for the uh, intro music. And to our listeners, until the next time we connect, please don't get in your own way in the pursuit of your dreams.